The information contained on the Real Health Podcast and the resources mentioned are for educational purposes only. They are not intended as and shall not be understood or construed as medical or health advice. The information contained on this podcast is not a substitute for medical or health advice from a professional who is aware of the facts and circumstances of your individual situation. Information provided by hosts and guests on the Real Health Podcast or the use of any products or services mentioned does not create a practitioner-patient relationship between you and any persons affiliated with this podcast. This is the Real Health Podcast brought to you by Reardon Clinic. Our mission is to bring you the latest information and top experts in functional and integrative medicine to help you make informed decisions on your path to real health. Well, welcome everyone. It's Dr. Ron Hanningaki again. We're we're doing the Real Health podcast here from uh, Reardon Clinic, and it's my pleasure today to welcome back uh, Laura Vasquez, who is a nurse practitioner at the Overland Park office. Laura, howdy. Hi, Dr. Ron. Happy Friday. Happy Friday, TGIF. And so. Uh, <laughs> Anyway, today we're going to tackle really something that's just caught on like wildfire among people who are trying to get healthier, lose weight, improve their longevity, and it is intermittent fasting. So, Laura, why am I why am I interviewing you? Are you an expert on intermittent fasting? I have been practicing intermittent fasting for about four years now. Wow, that's great. So I typically um, I have a personal experience with it and then working um, previously with patients with metabolic disorders, um, cardiovascular disorders. This is something that I brought to my patients as a way to help with their um, blood sugar control, possibly lose a little bit of weight, burn more fat. Um, so there was a lot of benefits for my patients that I previously worked with, um, and I continue to advocate for patients and educate about the benefits of intermittent fasting. So um, it works great, and, and it's a great tool to use for health. Well, given the fact that about 78% of Americans are struggling with the metabolic syndrome, which is uh, a kind of a pre-diabetes, or in many cases, it's already moved into diabetes. And given the fact that metabolic syndrome sets you up for all kinds of other problems, autoimmune disease, uh, chronic inflammatory conditions, cancer, heart disease, as you mentioned, uh, sleeping dif difficulties. So th is this one treatment? Uh, how, how does this affect the root causes of metabolic syndrome? That's a great question. So um, intermittent fasting is um, a time period where you will abstain from caloric intake. So you can still have water um, if you wanted to have a little bit of tea. Um, you can still have some liquids that don't have fat, sugar. Um, but the real benefits of it are um, multiple. So it affects multiple um, pathways in our body. One is is insulin resistance. So when patients are having too much sugar in their bloodstream, their insulin levels have to increase. And over time, 
that causes, like you mentioned, diabetes, obesity, um, that's really the root, um, you know, driving force of that. With intermittent fasting, it helps re-regulate your blood sugar um, so your body is able to burn fats or ketone bodies instead of running on a glucose metabolism for that time period when you are in that fasting state. Um, and so it really improves your metabolic flexibility um, and allows your body to do what it, it wants to do is, is regulate, have healthy insulin levels and regulate that blood sugar control. You know who has really good metabolic flexibility? Kids. Sure. Now, they can, they can eat or not eat, especially if they're playing, they'll forget to eat. Whereas adults who are struggling with metabolic syndrome, man, if they don't eat, they crash. And that's because their blood sugar will drop and uh, they're looking for the fastest way to get their blood sugar back up again, which unfortunately is refined sugar oftentimes or, or, or caffeinated beverages that are high in sugar like pop and things. And then the result is, is they're on a roller coaster ride. They're either low blood sugar or high blood sugar, low blood sugar, high blood sugar, and that's their day. And this really uh, tends to weaken their adrenals. They tend to get into bad eating habits and they certainly can't go very long between meals. So, so this is how, is this where intermittent fasting can be a benefit to people? Yeah, absolutely. It's very easy to put into practice. So most people are fasting while they sleep, um, unless you're raiding the refrigerator in the middle of the night. So you're getting that time period, um, let's say after you eat dinner or after you have a maybe evening snack, you may be fasting for 12 hours and not even realize that you're doing that at this point. Um, but it's easy to increase uh, your fasting window. So as we had talked about previously, I usually tell patients as well to increase that by an hour. Um, maybe starting out, you're going to fast for 13 hours. So after you eat dinner, you know, you'll wait to eat in the morning for that 13 hour period. And then you can gradually increase that to 14 hours, 15, 16. So there's different ways to intermittent fast. Some patients or people like to fast for um, a 24 hour period once a week or um, twice a week. And so there's different ways to shorten your, your feeding window. Um, and you're going to get so many of these benefits, um, including just as we talked about improving your metabolic flexibility, where you're not having cravings, your mood is stable, you reduce your brain fog, maybe promote some weight loss. Um, so yeah, so there's so many different benefits so to practicing this. Intermittent fasting is not a diet per se. Correct. So, I like to say it's not what you eat, but when you eat. It's not what you eat, but it's when you eat. And what you're saying is that there's a lot of a lot of flexibility in how people can do this. As a matter of fact, I, I I would say a lot of people do intermittent fasting and don't even know they're doing it. They maybe if they skip breakfast, you know, either not intentionally or uh, but. Uh, just because they ran out of time, they're intermittent fasting. But uh, what would be the problem with just skipping meals? How is this not intermittent fasting? You know, the body likes to be on certain rhythms. And so I believe when you do consciously 
um, set up intermittent fasting into your schedule or your lifestyle, your body knows when to expect to eat. So I typically, um, I like to intermittent fast for about 16 hours. So I'll break my, I'll stop eating about seven at night, break my fast around 11 a.m. I, my body is used to that feeding window and that fasting window. And so I feel like it's improved my mood. It's improved my mental clarity. Um, you know, it improves your, your appetite. You're not, you would think you would be having periods where you feel really hungry, but over time, as you practice this, you will stabilize your appetite. And so, you know, your body knows when to expect to eat and break your fast around 11 or 12. Um, so it's, it's easy to do. And, and I'm so sorry. I don't know what the question was, but I kept talking. <laughs> well, what I was getting at is that uh, it sounds like uh, intermittent fasting does involve intentionality. In other words, you, you hear about this as being beneficial for your health. You know you've skipped meals before and maybe you didn't feel very good because you got low blood sugar. But now with intermittent fasting, what you're going to do is maybe start out two days a week. And uh, instead of eating your breakfast right at seven o'clock, maybe you're gonna delay it to eight or nine o'clock and see how you feel. And if that works out, you stabilize that and then another week or two down the road, you decide I'm going to go to 9.30 or 10. And, uh, and as you gradually uh, create the ability of your metabolism to sustain a fast without getting really tired or irritable, you'll, you'll notice just what you were saying that you start to feel better. And sure enough, a few pounds have dropped off and you haven't really dieted because the psychology of dieting is, uh, I mean, most people know that diets really don't work for most people. I mean, they can't sustain it. Uh, they don't like it. And <laughs> in the initial phases of intermittent fasting, I don't think you really need to make a big dietary change, though you can improve uh, the effects of intermittent fasting by making some changes in your diet. What So like, Laura, what would you suggest some of the gradual changes that people could make in their diet that would make this intermittent fasting work better for them? I typically will educate my patients on what to eat when they break their fast. So instead of grabbing, um, you know, a pastry or a donut or some kind of refined carbohydrate, I will have them break their fast with protein and some healthy fats, like perhaps a salad with mixed nuts, um, a vinaigrette, you know, maybe salmon or chicken, whatever form of protein. So I want them to break their fast with fiber, protein, and healthy fats. I have found that when you have been fasting, you typically although you are hungry and ready to break your fast, you've changed hormones in your body. And so as soon as you start eating and your body starts digesting, it doesn't take as much food to typically fill you up as it may have before when your blood sugar was erratic and you were starting your day off with some refined carbohydrates or sugar in your coffee. Um, you know, your, your appetite is, I feel, um, 
more controlled. And so that's, that's how I approach it with my patients is breaking their fast with a really healthy whole food meal. I think that issue of control is really important in intermittent fasting because I, I, I hear a lot of people say, I just can't control what I eat. And I think it's due to fluctuations in their blood sugar. And what's happened to most Americans who are either in metabolic syndrome or heading towards it is that their body is spending most of its time in what's now being called glucosis, where glucose is the ruling, uh, shall we say, uh, energy nutrient that people depend upon. And, and they get hooked on all kinds of sugary type things. And when they have low blood sugar, they look for more sugar. And what I understand intermittent fasting to really be good about is that it helps us become better fat burners, which is called ketosis. So uh, metabolic flexibility means that you can uh, spend time in ketosis and feel good. Or if you do eat some carbohydrates, yeah, your body can shift back into glucosis and, and, and do just fine. But the real advantages of intermittent fasting is, is that it's a easy way to get into a state of ketosis. And so then what are the benefits of ketosis? I think you mentioned some of them already. Yeah, so, you know, we run on either a, a glucose metabolism or we can run on a ketone metabolism, which is fat bodies, so burning fat for fuel, for sugar for fuel. Um, our bodies are designed to do both. And so, as you mentioned, when you, you become more metabolically flexible, you're able to switch back and forth between those metabolisms um, without feeling bad. Um, and so burning those ketones, it's, it's a healthier fuel source for ourselves, especially the brain loves fat. And so it, it will, that is why you feel maybe more mentally clear or your mood is stabilized because you're burning a cleaner fuel source in your body. There's lots of research on um, the impacts of cancer prevention or healing, you know, cellular damage DNA when you're in ketosis. Um, so it's a great an easy way to get into ketosis. Um, and then obviously watching the diet as well. Um, but I think it gets easier over time for patients as they feel better when they're in ketosis. There's a lot more to this conversation and it's coming up right after a quick break. Today's episode of the Real Health Podcast is brought to you by the Reardon Clinic Nutrient Store. The Nutrient Store is your resource for the highest quality nutritional supplements. Every supplement in the store is handpicked by the expert medical staff at Reardon Clinic, providing you with the best quality, purity, consistency, and effective dosing available. Visit store.reardonclinic.org to shop online. So I'm, I'm going to uh, acknowledge that for the last maybe year and a half, two years, I started doing intermittent fasting and mostly just by not eating breakfast and very intentionally not eating breakfast. And it doesn't mean now there's some days on some weekend days or now and then I'll have breakfast and it doesn't screw up your intermittent fasting. It, it's a it's a choice thing. And that's, I think, one of the real advantages people don't have to feel like they're on a diet or they're they're being forced into some kind of uh, re-regulation of their eating. And it and the benefits though, 
clearer mind, more energy, not having to go run, look for snacks when because of low blood sugar. Uh, and then the weight loss. So weight loss is a gradual benefit of intermittent fasting, but is it something that people should be looking for as the reason to do intermittent fasting? No, I typically don't see patients lose a substantial amount of weight. And again, that's individual because some patients who have a lot of insulin resistance, they may lose more weight once they start practicing intermittent fasting for someone who, again, may have been a little more metabolically flexible to begin with. Um, yeah, but it's not truly a weight loss um, plan. It, it can be incorporated into a healthy plan to stabilize weight because, again, if, if you're promoting ketosis, that is going to help burn some of that excess fat that you don't need on the body. Um, but I think overall, you know, it, lots of research showing intermittent fasting decreases inflammation. And we know that when you're in an inflamed state, as a lot of Americans are at this point with the obesity epidemic, then you're walking around with a higher level of inflammation. And that, that does not help promote weight loss when you, you have a lot of inflammation. It promotes weight gain. And so, you know, overall, the intermittent fasting, I think one of the greatest benefits is that reduction of inflammation and helping to stimulate your immune system. Um, so th those are really for me when I educate patients on, you know, preventing chronic disease or reversing chronic disease, this is a great tool to use for those inflammatory disorders. Um, and so that's what I really think is probably the, the greatest benefit. I, when I first started out or first heard about it, I was concerned that medically I would be causing my patients to lose muscle mass if they were fasting because I was taught that don't fast because you're going to lose muscle mass. Is there any credence to that? That is a myth. So actually research has proven that when you are in a fasting state, you increase your level of human growth hormone which promotes lean muscle mass and again, fat loss. So it's actually the opposite of what we would think. Um, you know, if you were in a, in a fasting state where for days and you go into starvation mode, that's when you're going to see the muscle loss or a decrease in metabolism. Um, but yeah, those are actually myths that I think a lot of people think of when they think of fasting. Um, so it's not true. So your metabolism is not going to go down when you do intermittent fasting? No, they actually showed that um, you can increase your metabolic rate by three to 14% with intermittent fasting. So it actually increases your metabolic rate. Okay. Um, maybe we should talk a little bit about, uh, let's say people, they're listening, they haven't done this before. What, what would be a kind of first step in terms of uh, choosing a type of intermittent fasting for them? I like to have people, as we um, mentioned briefly, I like to have people look at what they're doing currently. So maybe they are eating a late night snack before they go to bed. That may be something they go ahead and, and decide not to do and they choose that fasting window. So maybe it's 8 p.m. To, to noon, but I like to have them start slow. So whatever they're doing currently, maybe they're doing about a 12 or 13 hour fast every night unintentionally. I like to have them start 
that first week by adding an hour and see how they feel. And that second week, go ahead and add another hour to your fasting window. So maybe they're up to 15 and then try to work to 16. Some, some people typically will feel best with like a 16 hour fast and an eight hour feeding window. Some people feel great and are able to do an 18 hour fast with a six hour window. Um, or like I mentioned, they may want to do one day a week, a 24 hour fast, and they find that it makes them feel better. They're e that's easier for them to do. So there's so many ways I, I like to have um, my patients see what feels best for them. Some people are going to want to skip breakfast, so to speak. And that would be the, where you're, you're, you're extending your fasting time in the morning. There are those people I know, though, that say, I got to have breakfast for what I do. And so for them, you would, they would have their breakfast and uh, have a lunch, a late lunch, and then uh, not, not eat a supper. And so, that, exactly. so, that, so it can go either way, and it depends upon how that person feels, their, the hours of their job, uh, those types of things. And because this is uh, a flexible program, that people can shift that around, like weekends could be different than weekdays, or uh, you could do it different ways if you were on vacation or if you had different days off. So the beauty of this is you can individualize it to fit your own schedule and your own metabolic makeup. Absolutely. You know, I've had patients before that, you know, they, they're, as you mentioned, they're not home from work until later and they want to eat with their family. And so skipping breakfast for them is, is the best way to intermittent fast or vice versa. Some people, you know, take medications in the morning or feel that um, they need to eat before they get to work. So they typically just have an earlier dinner or a late lunch. And so it is extremely flexible and individualized and, you know, just like anything, patients can really try it out and see what feels best for them. And yeah, it's just a great thing to start incorporating if you're not already doing it. One benefit I think we forgot to mention is that because you're getting better at uh, not having your blood sugar drop, I've, I myself, and I think a lot of people have told me that they sleep better because during the night, I think a lot of people have low blood sugar, which wakes them up or causes a restlessness. And if you can fast during the day, that means you can fast better during the night and you'll have a better night's sleep. So that's, that's a definite benefit. Maybe we should talk about who should not do metabolic fasting or what's the wrong way to do metabolic fasting. Yeah. So I think in terms of who should not do intermittent fasting, there really is no research that shows this is harmful to any individual. Um, again, because you can do it in so many different ways and which you can figure out what works best for you. Um, I have had patients who have um, adrenal fatigue, which may be um, elevated cortisol levels chronically or low cortisol levels, either one. They typically don't feel as good doing longer fasts, so they wouldn't be a great candidate for an 18-hour or a 24-hour fast because it, it does put a little bit of good stress on the body. Um, but I will have those patients who we know they have some adrenal issues or, or we feel they do. I will have them do, again, a 12-hour, see how they feel, try to increase it. And once they're not fasting and they're in that feeding window, I do like them to have 
protein um, and maybe they eat every two to three hours, just very small, like more snacks of healthy fat and protein. Um, they typically feel better when they're eating every few hours, just even if it's not a lot or a big meal. That is really the only patient that I've ever worked with who I feel may have a little more trouble getting into the fasting state or not feel as good if they fast for a long period. And it might be good for someone to find themselves like a, a, a coach, someone who, like yourself, has done intermittent fasting and knows about nutrition and can can provide some guidance and feedback if there, if there are issues. I know another big question that's out there right now. What about my morning coffee or my morning tea? <laughs> Do I have to fast from morning coffee or tea? No, you actually can have your coffee, but you would want to have it black. So you do not want to put cream, half and half sugar. That's going to take you out of that fasting state and you're going to initiate digestion. I would still encourage patients not to overdo the coffee when you're fasting because that, again, can stimulate cortisol levels or blood sugar spikes if you've had too much caffeine. So, you know, do it in moderation. But yes, you know, have the tea without the honey or sugar. Have your, you know, make sure you're hydrating. It's a great time when you wake up to drink a big glass of water. You can even put um, herbs or lemon, lime in your water that, that has zero calories. So there's lots of no calorie or low calorie beverages that you can drink while you're fasting. Also, because this uh, intermittent fasting creates a state of ketosis, couldn't a person also use some MCT oil in their coffee uh, as a way of kind of helping the brain uh, get some of the better oils for thinking and uh, energy? And that way, you know, you you would have a little bit more substance if you if you were having some uh, blood sugar dips uh, during that time that time frame. Yes, I love that suggestion. I've I've done that in the past. I don't do that consistently, but that's a great idea to promote continued ketosis and give them some healthy energy in the morning. So really all of this boils down to uh, a wellness technique that in wellness, you know, you're learning ways to take better care of yourself and to promote healthier functioning of your body. And this is a, a lifestyle choice that anyone can do. And if they go about it slowly and read up on it uh, or listen to this podcast a couple of times, you should be able to initiate this and start to derive benefits really very quickly from it. It, it takes a little while to for the more extended fasts to become uh, you know operational in your body, but certainly short, short, it's really like an exercise program. You don't go out there and try to run 10 miles the first time. You want to kind of ease into it and get your body uh, uh, acclimated to a higher level of fitness. And so this is one way of creating better metabolic fitness. Yes, that's all absolutely true. I really encourage anyone who has not tried intermittent fasting to um, you know, make a goal to start incorporating this into your lifestyle and just as we've talked about some of the techniques of starting slow and listening to your body. Um, and I think our listeners will find numerous benefits once they start adopting this into their, into their daily routine. 
Well, Laura, thank you very much. I hope this has inspired people to give it a try, ease into it, uh, find out that they are capable of doing it and deriving great benefits. So thank you for your your wisdom and your your background experience in this. And uh, hopefully we can we can help our patients live better and longer uh, through intermittent fasting. Thank you so much, Dr. Ron. I, I really am passionate about this topic, so I'm glad we got to discuss this today. Yep, this is definitely a way to experience real health. Thank you, everyone, for listening in, and we'll be back next time. Thank you for listening to The Real Health Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe and leave us a review. You can also find all of the episodes and show notes over at realhealthpodcast.org. Also, be sure to visit reardonclinic.org where you will find hundreds of videos and articles to help you create your own version of real health.